Hey there, everyone. Happy New Year. This is Christy Browning coming at you in 2020. It is January 1st, New Year's Day, and we wanted to bring you this awesome New Year's podcast. And I'm excited because we're going to talk about some things that happened last year, and we're also going to share with you some things that we haven't come up this year. So stay tuned while we get into it. I am so excited to be coming to you today. It's January 1st, New Year's Day 2020. I don't know how you spent last uh, night for the New Year's Eve celebration. Our house, it was pretty, pretty tame. Spent some time uh, yesterday playing some board games. And honestly, my husband and I went to bed at 1130 last night. (laughs) We were so close to making it to midnight, but it just didn't happen. But regardless, I have been anticipating the new year for several months, partially because it's not just a new year, but it's a new decade. And, you know, all of these uh, online 10-year challenge things have been going on as far as like posting a picture of yourself 10 years ago and what you look like now 10 years later. And I love that. That's kind of fun. But, you know, I got to thinking about where I was 10 years ago and where I can be 10 years from now. And that just gets me so excited. I love fresh starts, new beginnings. I love the new year. I love it when it's a new month. I love it when it's a Monday. Just that idea of starting over again gets me really fired up for change. I I love change (laughs) and I love new things and I love new challenges. And so when a new year rolls around, it's like catnip to me, but especially now that we're sitting here on a new decade, like that's ginormous. And I love that it's 2020. There's just way too many play on words you can have with that. Um, You know, having a 2020 vision for your life and all that great stuff. But before we totally pack up 2019 and run away into the new decade, into the new year with our hearts and our eyes and our arms wide open for all that the new year is going to bring to us, I wanted to um, just stop for a second and share some things with you. This 2019 um, was really cool because we launched this podcast. Uh, This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And just for lots of reasons, it just didn't happen until until last year. But because it's just happened last year, I feel like there's so much to bring you up to speed on, like so many things to share with you that you may not know. So um, if we can just kind of rewind for a second uh, and and kind of take it back to uh, the beginning of 2019, and let's talk a little bit about what we did and how we came through to this point now. So if those of you who've listened to other episodes, uh, I have shared that one of my processes at the end of the year, and it's a pretty consistent process I do every year, I sit down and I journal or write out all the months of the year. So January through December of that year. And I try to go through and write down a win or something to celebrate, um, a milestone, an accomplishment, whatever the case may be, uh, for every month of the year. And I really, really love doing that because it helps me really celebrate the year uh, and realize all the cool things that that year held. You know, it's so easy to get stuck in thinking of just 
the bad things. And too many times I caught myself getting to the end of the year and thinking of nothing but the bad things and catching myself saying, man, I cannot wait till this year is over. I am so ready for next year because I just had this overarching feeling that that year really stunk and that the new year was going to be better. But I, year after year, I caught myself saying that. And I thought, no, this isn't necessarily a new year type of problem where I need to flip the calendar and start a new year to get a better attitude and have a better quote unquote year. This is an attitude change that needs to happen. And my focus is what needs to change. And instead of flipping over the calendar pages, I need to flip over a new mindset and start looking, intentionally looking for the good things that happened in that year. And so um, so I started doing this process where I would sit down and write down all the things uh, at least once a month or one thing a month that I could celebrate in the new year. And so in doing that, for 2019, I wanted to just kind of walk through some things and share it with you because it's pretty exciting, I think, to look back and see where we've come from. So in January of last year, uh, two things happened that were pretty big deal. The first thing that happened was I was in a car accident. And you might be thinking, um, okay, why would you put that on your list of wins? Well, it was a win because one we were all okay. Like it could have been a really, really bad accident and we could have had a lot more injuries, but everyone walked away from the car accident unscathed. Um, except for me, (laughs) I sustained a really big cut across my forehead and got 22 stitches as well as had lots of bumps and bruises. And I kind of took the, the brunt of the accident. Um, but you know what, we came out of it okay. Um, like I said, it could have been a lot, lot worse. And thankfully, you know, that was the only injuries that we had from it. The other thing that happened in January was that I launched a book. I had been working on a book project for a long time and it was something that, um, just the concept of it and getting my head wrapped around it was really challenging. Even though I had written other books before, this one was my story and it meant being really vulnerable Uh, And putting things on paper that no one else really knew. I had never told anyone before or hadn't really shared with the public. That was really challenging. Knowing that people that knew me and um, like my parents and my sisters and brothers and other close friends and family, they were going to read that book and learn things about me that they may not have known. That's kind of a scary thing. But what I did know is that putting that book together, it was going to allow me to conquer some of the aspects of my life that I felt like had been kept in the closet, part of the life of that I felt maybe ashamed about, had guilt over, like I was going to pull it out and bring it out into the light, which meant I was going to have to deal with it and heal from it in order to share it. And so it took a bit to do that, as you can imagine. But January of last year, we got it done and it hit the website for people to purchase. And all of you who've bought the book, whether it was at an event and you purchased it Um, from our table, or you purchased it through Amazon, or you got it off of my website. However, you got a copy of the book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for purchasing the book. Just so, so many copies went out more than I ever thought would. Um, And honestly, I feel with every copy of the book that goes out, it's, I'm stronger. 
And I feel more confident in sharing my message and my story. So many of you have given me amazing feedback on just how inspired you were by the story, things that um, impacted you, that that changed you, that touched you. All of that just means the world to me. And so that was a huge celebration, not just in getting it done, um, but also sharing it with you and having your feedback. And the other thing that happened into February was I got the chance to be on um, the radio and have a couple of different platforms to share my story and introduce the book. Uh, that was really, really cool. And so January and February were all about the book and promoting it and sharing it and telling people about it and ordering copies and all that marketing stuff was really fantastic. And there was so many blessings in having that done. Even now, it's still a blessing. So um, as the year kind of moved on um, in March and April, those two months were really, I feel challenging for me personally. Um, we went to visit my grandmother in Arkansas, my husband and I. And so we left Northeast Indiana and drove to the middle of Arkansas in one fell swoop, which was like 16 hours in the car. But uh, we had a good time. Like that was great time for us to have good conversation about all things, right? You've got 16 hours in the car together. So we, we laughed and we listened to music and we talked about memories as when we were kids growing up and our goals and dreams and all kinds of things. Um, we spent that drive down talking, but going down to see my grandmother, she's 97, um, in a nursing home, but she's kind of like, I don't want to say my idol because that's not really the right word to use for her. And she would die if she ever heard me say that about her. But like, she's someone I really look up to. She inspires me. She, um, she's just kind of my hero in a way. Um, and I'm blessed with lots of people in my life who could be a hero, but for her, um, <laughs> she was just one of these people, or I should say she is one of these people that is just herself and she's okay with it. And she didn't apologize for being unique and she didn't apologize for not fitting in. And I love that about her. Um, her personality was always childlike. I would say that she always made things really magical and fun, uh, just all around so many things about her that just are very special to me. She's the one that really instilled my love for writing and storytelling. Um, she also like taught me a lot about studying the Bible and why scripture study is important and how to write about the things you're studying. Um, just so many, so many great memories with her. And so it was, it's been, it was several number of years um, since I had seen her. And so going down to see her in their nursing home was hard. That was the same nursing home that her husband, my grandpa was in and had passed away in many years ago, um, from Alzheimer's. And I remember going as a high school student to that nursing home on like spring break or Christmas vacation, going down to Arkansas to visit them, um, and going to the nursing home to see my grandpa. And just, there was just a lot of emotion around that. Um, it was hard because my dad would get emotional about seeing his dad um, in a nursing home in that setting and just not himself. And um, if you've known anybody who's had Alzheimer's, that's just a man, that's a rough, rough road. Um, and it was really hard on my dad. And it was hard on me to watch him go through it and to experience his emotion and see him break down and be so emotionally distraught over, you know, what was all going on. So going back there last year, 
Uh, I knew it was going to be hard for me to see somebody that I loved that was like my quote unquote hero in that setting, in that nursing home setting. You can imagine at 96, 97 years old, she's experiencing, you know, dementia and, um, you know, she can't communicate as well. Um, she doesn't remember things and she kind of loses sight of what's going on around her. But I mean, try slowing her down, right? She'll just run you over with her walker. <laughs> She's still very much that um, headstrong uh, woman that I grew up knowing. But we hit the doors of that nursing home and I just fell apart. I mean, just stood in the hall and lost it. I hadn't even seen my grandma yet, but just walking into that place, it just hit me all the memories. And it didn't help that that nursing home hadn't changed one bit. <laughs> it was exactly the same. And so it was like a slap in the face uh, when I walked in and just all of that emotion came. But there was also some really great closure, if you want to say, um, in going to that. Um, all those years later to be back there, um, to see my grandmother. And even though she's not really the same as it was when I was a kid, it was still a good visit. It was good for me to put eyes on her and to put my arms around her and hug her neck. And as we were leaving, um, she said how much she loved me and it was good to see me. And in that moment, there was that spark of clarity. And that was just a special, special moment. And so even though the trip was long and hard and emotional, Oh man, it was so good to do it. It was so good to spend the time with her. And then I came back and gave my first TED talk. Holy moly, this process was crazy. I um, you know, have always pushed myself to be a speaker. I started speaking when I was young, um, like in high school, kind of steered away from it for many number of years, and had just kind of been coming back to it in the last six or seven years. Um, but the TED Talk was was really challenging because it's the first time I'd been in a space where there was a lot of structure, and I had to adhere to um, a brand and an outline and a structure that, that they wanted all of their speakers to follow, which was not a bad thing per se. It was just different. But what was really funny about the TED Talk experience is um, word went out right after the first of the year that um, that they were looking for TED speakers. And so you had to audition basically to be picked for the event. And to start with, you had to submit an online application. And so the application process um, I did online, I was laying in bed with the flu. I was sicker than a dog, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity because um, I believe the deadline was coming up. And so I just thought I'm going to do it right now. So with my little smartphone popped up on my pillow, I filled it out and <laughs> submitted it under lots of medication, but um, homesick, submitted the application. And then uh, we had the car accident. And then in February, late February, 1st of March, we had to um, submit a video. And it was kind of like a pitch video. We had to sort of explain like what we were going to talk about, what would our TED Talk be about. And it was a chance for them to see our personality and a little bit of our delivery uh, in the video. And so I waited until the very last minute to submit it because I had been in a car accident. So my face was swollen and bruised up. I had black eyes for weeks from the car accident. Of course, I my head was stitched up and swollen and 
So I couldn't wait any longer. So I had to submit the video regardless. And I just remember thinking, holy moly, I look like a fright, but I'm going to submit the video anyway. Worst they can say is no. So I did the video. And in my email with the video, I said, hey, listen, I was in a car accident. So sorry that I look a fright. Promise I'll look better in April when the event comes around. <laughs> and I submitted it. And so, you know, the end of the story is they did choose me. I did get to do it. And um, that was a crazy day. That TED Talk day was so much fun. I met so many amazing people. Uh, it was really cool to see all different types of people come together for that event. And it was the first time that I was able to tell my story in a non-faith-based platform. And so with a TED Talk, you're not allowed to bring a lot of religion into the discussion or any faith components. You can't be super political. You can't push your own agenda. You know, it's not really what it's for. And so uh, that really stretched me to, to figure out how to tell my story without it being overly religious or overly faith-based. But coming out of that experience, the night before, actually, um, we had the the dress rehearsal. And it was the first time I delivered my speech in its entirety, uh, to anyone. And coming home from that experience, I remember telling my husband that things went great. I was really confident in how things were going to go the next day. I always feel very at home on stage. So, so I was ready to do it, but it was like a mindset shift for me because all of a sudden I recognized that my story could be motivational and, encouraging and inspiring. And while I love being able to speak to church audiences and in faith-based circles, this opened up a whole new world for me. And all of a sudden I saw myself as more of a motivational speaker. And so we did the TED talk and shortly thereafter, a couple months later, I sat down and really worked to rebrand myself as a motivational and inspirational speaker and really kind of pulled myself out of this box I had put myself in, this box that was, I can only speak at churches, I can only speak to a faith-based audience. I really busted that, um, the sides of those boxes open and said, no, I have more to offer. And there's a whole other audience that needs to hear from me. And it was just like this light bulb moment because I love speaking on other topics that fit into a motivational audience or even a corporate audience for that matter. So this just like clicked all of a sudden, all the things that I love most about talking and sharing and inspiring people, it all just kind of came together. And I thought, man, what did it take? Why did I wait so long to have this revelation that this is what I could be about? And this is what I could be doing. And that just blew the cap off of it all. It just opened up so much for me. And I was so excited to have this new clarity and this new perspective on what I could offer the world. And so that just opened up the gates and let me do it. So then in May, I left my full-time job. And that was quite an adjustment. We went from obviously being a two-income family to stepping into this entrepreneurial space for myself. And obviously in that scenario, you don't have a regular paycheck. <laughs> so this meant all the things I've wanted to do from speaking and coaching and writing. Um, it all of a sudden had to start generating money and I needed to get really dialed in on what products I wanted to provide and what types of things and revenue sources I wanted to create. And for those of you who don't know, um, on the flip side of all of this, uh, we operate another company that is a content creation company. 
meaning we create websites and do email marketing and run social media accounts for small businesses. And so that part of the business was starting to grow and the speaking thing was starting to pick up. And I thought, okay, let's just take a leap of faith and see if this will work. The timing seemed to be right. Matt and I were in agreement uh, and we made the leap in May, end of May, um, after Memorial Day, that was my last day at the full-time gig and dropped out of that and became a full-time entrepreneur in 2019. And man, that was a huge, huge change, but a good change. It was a good change. And it's been a really great ride. We've been really blessed by that decision since we made it. Um, I've loved it, obviously getting to do what I love to do most day in and day out, but it came with a whole lot more hours (laughs) to get a whole lot more stuff done. Um, but it's, it's always something that I enjoy doing. And so that was really huge for us. So the summer of 2019 last year was just really focused in on grinding out this business Um, from the content business to the speaking and writing and coaching. All of it just needed like a full frontal attack to really start making it work. And we were blessed with business we didn't expect and financial blessings we didn't anticipate. And that all was just a gift from God. And we're so thankful that he continued to provide for us and bless us with that. The summer also brought some extra speaking um, engagements that I wasn't anticipating getting to book. And part of that was because of having done the TED Talk. That was such a great resume builder to say, hey, I've done this, to have a video uh, component of that to share with with potential event planners that were looking to hire a speaker. that was just, that was huge. I also took the summer to do a lot of learning. Um, I took some online courses to expand my knowledge on running a speaking business and how does that look and what are the things that I need to put in place and just overall marketing and business management, all that stuff. Um, you know, you can never just, you can never learn too much about that. You just always need to have a refresher. And so the summer was really spent on doing that stuff. And then in August, we launched this podcast and in my journal um, for the month of August, th- that's what I wrote. That that was a milestone, something to celebrate um, for us in August. Uh, and I say us as me and my husband, although one of these days I'm going to get him on here to be a part of one of my podcasts. But he's a big part of the podcast um, process because he he listens to them. He gives me great feedback. Um, we talk about different ideas for things to share. Sometimes I have to ask his permission because I'm going to tell a story about him in the podcast. Uh, but that was just ginormous to get the technology in place, um, to find the right microphone and get the right platform and do all of the technical technical part of it. Um, that was a challenge and we, we got through it and now, um, I can bring this podcast to you. So, um, anyways, rounding out the year, I had two really cool things happen. Um, in September, I got to go down to Tennessee and visit my mom and dad, which is always a great, great thing to put on the calendar. Um, they live just outside of Nashville. My brother and his family live in Colorado and my sister and her family live down by Memphis. And so me being in Northeast Indiana, we're spread all over and we don't get to see each other often. And so getting the chance to go down and visit is always a good thing. And what was really cool is that this time going down there, it was just me. Um, so I got to have a couple of days with just mom and dad to myself, uh, which 
if you're a grown up, you just value, I think, the time with your parents more than when you're a kid. <laughs> and having the chance to just visit with them and swap memories and share stories and um, just talk about life and um, just was all of, all of it was great. But we were down there because my mom was holding kind of a birthday slash reunion event for her family. And so seeing my uncles, uh, my grandmother, all that was great. So that was such an awesome trip down there. And then in October, this is probably my like stalker fan portion of the year and my geek out portion of the year. So I had the opportunity to speak in a, at a corporate event in October. Um, that was in an industry that I know nothing about, but they brought me in as a motivational speaker. And so it didn't matter. I didn't have to be an expert on their industry. Thank goodness. I just had to be an expert on being motivated, which that I can do. And as part of my booking, um, one of the things that they had asked me to do was to MC and introduce one of their other speakers. And it happened to be a, a, a nationwide well-known speaker named Sam Glenn. And if you don't know Sam Glenn, you need to look him up on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, on uh, the website. Uh, look him up, Sam Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, two N's. He is the attitude guy, and he is known best for speaking about positive attitude and how do you have positive attitude. And if you've ever seen Sam speak, he tells his story and he talks about uh, the importance of having a good attitude while he paints a picture. And it's so cool. The process is just really, really amazing. And I was really looking forward to hearing him speak uh, and being in person to hear him speak, but I was super geeked out <laughs> about getting to introduce him to the audience and getting the chance to meet him. Um, and so it just so happened the morning that he was going to speak, I came into the venue and he was kind of sitting by himself and I knew exactly who he was. So I just beelined right over to him, introduced myself and told him who I was and that I was going to be uh, introducing him. And he asked me, you know, my experience and what I was doing. And when I told him that I was a speaker, he took the little bit of time that he had, and we're talking maybe 10 minutes, to just pour into me from one seasoned speaker to, to another who was trying to become a seasoned speaker. And he gave me so many great words of wisdom, uh, insight, knowledge, encouragement, it was just amazing. It was the most amazing 10 minutes ever. Um, he gave me a shout out from the stage. That was really cool. You know, it's like, imagine meeting your favorite author or your favorite band or musician. I mean, that's kind of like what it was for me. It was like, oh my goodness. And then he followed me on Instagram, totally fangirl geeking out. <laughs> Someone of his caliber would follow me and like respond to me and encouraged me. And that was just amazing. Um, and that was a really big highlight for me, especially, uh, looking at the last part of 2019. So much stuff happened last year. And I'm telling you, I am so excited because it laid such a great foundation for what's coming ahead in 2020. So let me share with you some things that are coming down the pike, but more importantly, let me share with you how you can set yourself up for these sort of goggles to put on to create wins for yourself. So first of all, in 2020, um, we have available as of today, 
right now, um, six digital courses that we created. Um, I have had the opportunity to speak at events and at conferences and teach workshops. And while those live events are so fantastic, I love doing them and I love getting the chance to, to speak. I can't be everywhere and I can't speak to everyone. So the digital course option allows for you to learn when you want to learn, um, for you to like get me on demand, basically. Um, so you can have lifetime access to the videos. You can watch them over and over. You can replay them. You can pause me <laughs> while you make a note. Uh, I love the concept of the digital courses. So there's six of those. Three of them are on personal development. Three of them are on business. Um, so if you want to check that out and see what that's like, I'll link it in the show notes um, here for you. And uh, or you can always go to the website anytime and get them. But the cool part about that is Saturday, January 4th, so just a couple of days away, is our official six-year anniversary as a company, six-year anniversary. And I am so excited about that because, first of all, six years is huge. Any business that can make it past year four, five, um, six, like that's big. So I'm excited just that we've hung in there for that long. And there's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of transition and a lot of um, evolution and growing in those six years. But by golly, here we are. Uh, but because of it being our sixth year anniversary on January 4th, all day on January 4th, we have a site-wide sale. So um, you can get the promo code BIRTHDAY, put that in at the checkout, and anything on the site is 50% off. Your entire order, 50% off. Amazing. So we're doing that to celebrate. But when I think about not just what happened in 2019, I think about six years ago, starting this journey. You know, I started on this January 4th date, six years ago, sitting in my two bedroom little apartment um, at a dining room table that was completely secondhand. I bought it through Craigslist, I think. It was um, a four chair table type of combo, but it didn't even have the fourth chair. <laughs> it was a table. And three chairs. And at the time I bought it, I thought, well, it was a-okay because it was just me at the time I got it. So I can't sit in four chairs at once. So I was a-okay with there being three. Um, and then I met Matt and we got married and he moved in with me. And then all of a sudden there were not enough chairs for all of us. So anyways, so it was definitely a humble beginning sitting in the two bedroom apartment at a secondhand kitchen table. The only resource I had was my skill set and knowledge and a laptop. But I knew with a little bit of learning and lots of Google searches, I could figure out how to make this work. And that's exactly what I did. I scraped together the first $50 I needed to purchase my domain name for my website and to pay for my first month of website hosting. And I built my website um, and launched that to the world and began creating content, blogs, videos, magazines. We did a magazine way back when, um, books ebooks, you name it. We've pretty much created everything you can imagine in the six years we've been doing this. And so it's really cool to come back six years and look at the growth that's happened. Um, and to know that because of that six years, we have a really specific vision on what 2020 is going to look like. And that means um, for you, these awesome digital courses that are out there, um, they'll be available all year long. 
we launched a guided motivational journal, which is a 90 day journal. You're meant to get a new one every 90 days and it records your gratitude. It records your goals. It records activity and action steps you need to take as well as free form journaling. It's so cool. And I absolutely love it. Um, it's my own journal process. I go through, I just created it in a format that I can give to you. And so if you want to see, um, the motivational journal, you can check that out on our website. Again, that's part of the sale on Saturday, so you can get it at a discounted price. Um, we're going to continue the podcast that comes out every Wednesday, and then our Faith Friday podcast episodes come out on Fridays, uh, and that's a faith-based uh, version of the podcast that gives you scripture and Bible study type content. So all of that stuff is happening. Plus, um, I'm booking speaking engagements, so I'm going to be out and about and traveling and hitting the stage, um, doing videos, uh, being able to produce more content for the website. All of that is coming at you for 2020. And it's all aimed at encouraging and empowering and inspiring you. And I really want 2020 to be the year that you have focus, that you know what you want, even if it's not all the things in this year right? Because we can't do everything all at once, but you have a focus that this is the year that you're going to do what fill in the blank that this is the year that you have faith that you can do it. Faith in yourself, faith in your abilities, faith in God or higher power, whatever you think that is for you, that you have something invested in this whole journey and you know, it's worth the investment. And that you have fire, like you do not give up. You push hard. You just, like a dog with a bone, won't give up to push forward into the life you want. That 2020 is better than 2019. And that uh, today is better than yesterday. And every day you move farther down the path just a little bit. And it's not about perfection. And it's not about running fast. It's just about running, moving forward one step at a time. As simple as that. I love this analogy of a runner and I may have shared this on our last podcast, but I'm going to share it again because it's just, it's a good analogy. So I want you to think about a track runner and they take to the track to run their relay or run their race. And when they head to the track and their feet launch on those starting blocks, they're not standing there waiting for the gun to sound, wondering if they're going to run the race. They're not. Regardless of how they end up, regardless of if they come in first or they come in last, their mind is already set. The intention is already there. They've already made up their mind that when the gun sounds, they're taking off from the blocks. And so today, on January 1st, your feet are in the starting blocks. And I don't want there to be a question on if you're going to run the race. I don't want you to waver on what you're going to do when the gun sounds. I want you to run. I want you to take the race. I want you to take the challenge to put one step in front of the other and move around the track because you got 12 months to do it. And so don't question, don't delay, don't hesitate. Your feet are in the starting blocks. Do the launch, take the step, bust out of the gate and go. When you think about that runner as it's running around the track, they run in a lane. 
And there's a, there's a lane that's carved out for them that they run in and all the other runners are running in their lane. And what happens when runners cross over into each other's lanes, they have a tendency to collide, they trip each other up and they fall. And that's where injuries happen. And so as you go around that track this 12 months, I don't want you to get sidetracked on what's going on in someone else's lane, what another runner is doing, if they're passing you, if they're slowing down, uh, if their arms are swinging higher than yours, it, it, it doesn't matter. You're not looking in their lane. You're not worried about getting into their lane or running like them or being in their space. You run your race. You dictate your pace and you go in the direction you need to go in your lane, in your way. And don't let comparison tie you up and tangle up your feet to where you can't run the path set before you. That runner as they cross the finish line, I know they want to be first. Every single one of them wants to be first. Uh, that's why they're doing it, right? <laughs> is to, to win. And although some of them will get medals and some won't, here's what most runners measure themselves with. They measure themselves against their last race. They look at their time and they say, okay, was that better or worse than the last time I took a trip around the track? Am I getting faster? Am I getting more efficient? Is my body recovering better? Am I able to go longer distances? Am I able to move at a faster clip? They measure themselves against themselves. And while each of them I know wants to take home a gold medal or a first place trophy, the real competition is with their success from the day before or the track before or the race before. So for you, as you start to take off from the starting blocks, as much as you want to cross the finish line and you want to get all of the goals and reach all of your dreams and have all of the wins, don't lose sight of that the real part of the journey and what makes the year so amazing and what categorizes it as a quote unquote successful run is comparing yourself to yourself. If 2020 is better and you're stronger and you've moved a little farther, and you've done a little more than 2019, it's a win. It's a win. And it may not end with a gold medal or a bouquet of flowers or a first place trophy or a big check or endorsements or contracts or any of the other things that may come uh, if you take first place in a race, but you will finish. You'll cross the finish line. And really, the joy in the journey, the success in the race is the steps that you took between the starting block and the finish line. Those are the steps that matter. Those are the steps that count. And it's taking one step at a time that's added up all together that moves you around the track that creates the picture for your year. And while you may have steps or days that are harder than others, and there may even be steps that you don't have good form or you have to huff and puff or maybe you even crawl. You still move. It's still one step ahead of the other. And it's not the whole summation of the race. Those couple of really rough steps, those couple of man, huffing and puffing and trying to push through the pain, those moments isn't the summation of the race. You're still got the whole rest of the race to run. And the success and the wins can outweigh that brief moment of pain, that brief trial, the thing that hurt the most to push through. So what I'm telling you is that you can't stop. 
You can't stop. You have to push through the cramps and the pain and the hard to breathe moments and the moments where your muscles start to waver and your legs feel like jelly. You have to keep moving. You can't give up because you didn't start this race to get to the hard part and give up and to stop. You didn't start in order to just lay down on the track and throw your hands in the air and say, I can't do anymore. You started the race with the intent to finish it. You started the race with the intent to make it all the way around the track. And while some steps look better than others and some parts of it are easier than others, we don't quit. We keep moving one step ahead. It had been really easy for me to sit down and journal January through December, all of the hard things, all of the bad things, because as in many things that were good and great and wonderful and worth celebrating, there was also bad things, hard things. Like it was hard to leave my full-time job. While that's something we can celebrate, that was scary and challenging and really tough. And we struggled with family matters and financial questions and people being sick and dealing with addiction. And I mean, you name it, pretty much we encountered it. (laughs) And if we didn't encounter it in 2019, we encountered it in 2018 and we were still kind of feeling the consequences or effects of it in 2019, right? There's just hard times. And there's definitely things that we could outline that that showcase the hardships, the trials, the struggles, the bad days, the dark clouds. But if we choose to stand and look for the successes, if we choose to stand and look back at the steps we've taken, and we can still celebrate the victory of crossing the finish line, no matter what shape we're in when we go across it, that's our win. And I promise you, standing here on January 1st, looking across 2019, there's a lot to be thankful for. And when I come back here and see you again, January 1st on 2021, we will have made that trip around the track. And so now's the time to decide what's your race going to look like. I'm going to be running with you in my lane and my pace, running for whatever I want, just like you're going to run in your lane at your pace and for whatever you want. But together... We run the track, the same 12 months, the same 52 weeks, the same 24 hours a day. So let's do it together. And I'll catch you back here next week for our next Live Revised podcast episode. We just finished talking a lot about racing and moving forward and progress and the cool things that can be yours for the taking in 2020. And you might be sitting there thinking, that all sounds really great, but I don't even know where to start. I've had so many years in the past that I had resolutions or I had goals and they just didn't click. Or maybe you just didn't reach them. Maybe you got disconnected from them. You felt like, oh, I set too much, too high of a bar. I reached too high for all the things I wanted and I fell flat. And you know what? I just don't have it in me to try to do that again. Well, I have great news for you. Last year, I released an e-guide that's focused on 10 ways that you can build purpose and passion into your life. And it's really a goal-setting e-guide. And it's the perfect time of year for you to get your copy because it's going to walk you through discovering what you want most in life. What happens with goals is a lot of times we pick things that we don't even really want. 
It's maybe the things that we think we should be going after or we want to go after because it's what everybody expects us to go after. But ultimately, a good goal has to be rooted and grounded in your hopes and dreams and in your heart. And so this e-guide will help uncover that for you. And then the cool part is that it's going to walk you through setting some really great goals and like logistically writing them out, such as creating the action steps that you need to take in order to see that goal come to completion. Then we talk about how to add that into your calendar and how do you make sure that you create time for those action steps that you need to take. The e-guide is free. You can go right to our website and check that out. And I'll include a link here in the show notes. It's even a better companion when you pull alongside our motivational journal with it because the motivational journal takes those action steps, plugs it into the journal and keeps you engaged with your goal day in and day out. So when February 13th rolled around, guess what? You can still be engaged with your goal. You won't forget about it. You won't abandon it. And this journal, along with the e-guide, will create clarity and perspective so you know that what you're pushing hard for is really what you want and it's doable. So go over to the website, christybrowning.com, or check out the links here in the show notes to get your copy today.